What's happening, everybody? Good morning. Morning, studio. Morning. Hope everybody's having a great Wednesday. I know it's early. We appreciate you being here with us. Or if you're listening on the podcast later in the day, maybe it's not early. We just are so pumped that you're here with us. Uh, Raymundo, our audio producer, has been inspired by Amy in the electronics contract that she's having her kids sign. Amy, could you just quickly revisit this for us, this idea of what you're doing with your kids? Yeah, so we're working on a technology contract, which is just something that's in writing so that the kids know the ground rules of anything like video games, self, like iPad stuff, any of usage like that. The rules are on paper, so nobody can sway from those. Like we're, we know what it is and we, we lean into that and their phone will belong to me if they break the rules or whatever it is, the item. Raymundo, so how have you been inspired by Amy's electronics contract? Yeah, I'm all into the contract game now. I got my wife a bike for her. It's an indoor bike that she rides, watches TV while she's riding it. And I thought, hey, why not make her sign a contract where she has to ride it every week? So I said three <laughs> three times a this week she has to get on that bad boy for 20 to 30 minutes. She needs to take a selfie while she's doing it for proof. And there are ways that she can get out of it if she suffers an injury, if there's a bike malf- a malfunction. Also, if we're on vacation, she can't do it. But other than that, she'll get the bike put on Craigslist. If she doesn't do those three workouts a week okay. now till the end of so, time. Okay. Amy, go ahead. You well, can have this. So, cause, so I get it. I, at first, I was thinking you're trying to force workouts, but you're not saying it's really not about her working out or not. It's just that you've invested in this bike and you want to make sure it gets used. If it doesn't get used, you're going to sell it. Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, the that, contract thing, I'm all on board for yeah. that. I love that. You should preface any time you bring this up. You should preface it with that, that it's about that. Because at first, it makes you sound like a real jerk towards your wife Mm -hmm. and working out but I could see that I mean yeah if I could see if you're spending money on a nice piece of workout equipment you want to make sure it gets used I don't know Bobby your thoughts it's a slippery slope you can't go contracting everything because you'll get that (laughs) crap put back on you yeah like Amy's the mom they're the kids if they're overusing things like their phone and tablet they they need to learn I do this I could I could see if my wife did this because I was overusing it but never for underusing it I think but but then it's a waste of money. Okay, but everybody wastes, wastes money on all kinds of stuff. Are you going to order Uber Eats all the time, but you don't eat all your food three times a week? What are you going to take Uber Eats away? Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I, I'm just saying it's a slippery <laughs> slope to punish someone for not doing it enough. Mm-hmm. But- Especially to sell it back. Oh, humbug, Ray. It's Christmas season. What's up, buddy? Well, I mean, I appreciate Amy for the inspiration. Thank you. You're welcome. Have you presented this scenario to your wife? Yeah, she's signing. She's already knocked out two workouts for the week. She's got one more left. Wow. It also sounds like you're trying to make her work out more, Ray. I'll be honest. It does feel like that. I mean, it may sound like that, but also it's a fun little contract, just like a marriage contract. Contracts are life. We've all signed contracts every day. He's not denying it. a marriage contract? I mean, we all signed one, didn't we? Uh, No. A marriage contract? (laughs) A marriage license? No, please tell us about yours, Ray. Are, are you saying you, you signed a prenup, Ray? No, no, no. I'm, uh, okay. <laughs> I did not do that. Let's open up that mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello, Bobby. My daughter is about to turn one year old. I want to throw a birthday party for her with my family. However, my parents have been divorced seven years and do not get along. Do I need to throw two birthday parties? One for each side? No. Oh. I don't even need to finish reading the email. <laughs> no. That we got weird. your email and we read it on the air. 
I'll finish. Let me finish reading the email. <laughs> okay. Dear Bobby, mm-hmm. my daughter's about to turn one year old. I want to throw a birthday party with her and my family. However, my parents, her grandparents, have been divorced seven years and do not get along. Do I need to throw two birthday parties, one for each side of the family? Or can adults suck it up and get along for a couple of hours? I would prefer to have one party so I don't have to pay or plan two parties. If I have one party, am I setting the day up for failure with unneeded drama and lots of awkward conversations? Signed, Confused Mother. There are many layers of this email that irritate me. And not at the mother. But one, if she thinks those parents can't get along for two hours for the kid, that sucks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That she thinks they can't even pull it together to be in the same room. Like they would be that selfish. Because for the rest of their life, they're going to have to do this. Some people are. Two, on a slightly lower note, a one-year-old's not going to remember a birthday party anyway. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, But there's the, pictures. It's a whole thing. It's for other people. It's for other people. It's, it's like parents. when I get my dog a birthday gift. And dog don't know. He gets <laughs> gifts all the time. But right? then I didn't later, know it's his birthday. Later in life, this was your first birthday. This is your first cake. You smash it in their face. Mm-hmm. I get it. If these the- parents can't chill, maybe you just don't invite the parents. Or you say, hey, if you guys can't chill, don't come. Absolutely. Nice. You set the boundary from the get-go. Another option would be that, I don't know, they have time slots. <laughs> I'm throwing one party. If you can't handle it, then like you can come for the first 30 minutes and you can come for the last 30 minutes. And they're going to fight over who gets to come first. Well, mm. then, sorry, nobody, y'all are not invited. Yeah, stop Throw being up. 12. Bye. Stop being 12, peepaw, like, papa. Yeah. Me, mama, Stop. <laughs> Whatever yeah. you call them. You have an old person name, be an old person. <laughs> like, be, have, have some maturity. I, uh, I hurt for people that are in this type of situation with their family because, ugh. Do so not hard. plan two birthday parties because your parents don't get along. No, you're setting yourself up for, I mean, you're going to do this every time you have to exactly. get together. No. This is a great time to create a lifetime boundary of we're going to do things and you have to get along while we do things. And maybe it will challenge it. If you throw two parties, then, you know, is <laughs> that enabling thing. Like you, you're enabling their behavior. You're saying, okay, you get to act however you want. So I'm just going to separate you and go above and beyond to accommodate your immaturity. When really, if you set the boundary, then they'll have to make a decision. And maybe, you, maybe this will push them to wake up and be mature about things. Hmm. No, <laughs> it's hard to push an immature person to maturity. However, one can hope. Yes. One can hope. Do not have two parties. If they can't handle it, they don't get invited to year number two. Mm-hmm. Hire a bouncer. How about that? Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's the mailbag. Morgan, if people want to email us, what do they do? Mailbag at bobbybones.com. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. I have an email here, but it's not a normal mailbag because it didn't come from a listener. It actually came from someone here on the show. They emailed me being kind of funny, but they have a real question about their life. So we're not going to play the mailbag song officially, but Amy, if you'd like to sing the mailbag song, we'll count as like a junior varsity mailbag. So hit it. You send your emails <laughs> and we read them on the air. It's something we call Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this email is from, well, I'll read it and then I'll tell you. Okay. Hello, Bobby Bones. I love going to the same Mexican restaurant with my family. We've been going there for years. But recently, we've been getting stuck with a server that makes our visit a little unenjoyable. When we ask for more chips and salsa or a cup of coffee, the server always rolls their eyes and says, we're a little busy in the kitchen, it's going to be a bit. 
It's almost like they want to complain about it first, but then they end up doing it just fine. We don't want to get the server in trouble, but we also don't want to stop going to this restaurant because of one bad server that we get over and over. What should we do? Signed, producer Eddie, concerned Mexican food lover. (laughs) Eddie, so how do you end up getting the same server? I don't know. It's happened three times. It's not a huge restaurant, but it's happened three times where it's the same server. And every time he comes up, I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. We're going to do this again. So he walks up and says, I'll be you. Hey, hola, Eddie. Yeah, he says, cool. What are you guys ordering? I'm going to have uh, three tacos and a burrito. Eesh, that burrito, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I got to go back and check, see if we have the ingredients for the burrito. It, we, it, we may or may or not have one. I don't know, dude. I'll check. And this happens every time? Every time. It happened once with a coffee. I went like, my wife's like, oh, I'm just kind of feel like having a coffee right now. And it was like 6 p.m. He goes, coffee right now? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> We'd have to make some in the back, and this could take like an hour. <laughs> They probably... He's guilting you? Yeah. He's guilting me, Bones. And then he's also like just... He maybe wants me to change my mind and be like, okay, fine. I don't want to inconvenience you. No coffee. But we're not. We really want coffee. Uh, Amy, how would you handle the situation? I mean, I just... I I avoid him somehow. Like, oh, this table? We don't want to sit here. We want to sit over there somehow. Like, I would just have to finagle my, my way out of it or just... Stop going because that is annoying. Oh, I don't want to stop going though, Bones. I love this place. This is what I would do. I, do you know any of the other servers by name? No. I don't even know this guy's by name, but I know who he is. I know okay. what he looks like. I would, when you walk in, there are two things you can do. One, you can look around and see what servers are kind of working in what section, and you can specifically ask for a section. Okay. So if you see, you know, there's a girl named, uh, who knows, Danielle is working over in this section. You don't have to know her name. You'd be like, hey, is there any chance we can sit over there? Then they will do everything possible to put you over in that section that is away from them. Hey, am I going to come so, off creepy, though, asking if I can go to Well, the, it can Daniel's- also be Jimmy, Eddie. It <laughs> okay. doesn't matter. Okay, all right. Yeah, so that's one thing you can do. Um, or two, you can actually figure out a couple of their names and then walk in and be like, hey, is Michael working? I'd love to sit in his section. Just you don't have to actually address the the sucky guy. Just go through. Everybody is like, it's the hostess stand. Listen, I was a hostess, Eddie. There's a stand, and then sometimes they have the sections sectioned off with the servers' names. So you can just go over, lean over, try to look, and then be like, uh, is anything free with Johnny? What about Tim? What about anyone but the lamest names? Yeah, we picked the lamest names. We got to come up with names on the spot. Um, Or you can just suck it up and know that the guy, if you get him, is just going to cry about it and not feel bad. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I I, I guess the best one that I hear from all you guys is just to kind of like find someone who I know is going to be better than him. Yeah, if you can identify a couple of the servers by name, that's awesome. Like, hey, is uh, Tamika working? Yes. Isn't that who Lunchbox did Springer with? Yes, Tamika. Yeah. Kamika. Yes. Kamika. Oh, hey. Kamika. Kamika. But yes, listen, Amy, go ahead. Well, the reason why you have to just, like, figure it out in a sneaky way is because if this is truly your favorite place, you can't call him out or do anything like that because then you don't know if your food's going to get messed with. Right. Because he will mess with it. Yes. <laughs> Probably will. Is right. like the kind of guy that would? <laughs> thank you, Eddie, for your email. Hey, th- hey, Bones, thank you for answering my email. That was awesome. You're welcome. Uh, Amy, will you close it out for us? You send your emails. And <laughs> no, we... no, no, no. Wait, what? We got. Oh, we got your email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. The latest from Nashville and Hollywood. Morgan number two's 30 Second Skinny. 
Lauren Elena released her new book, Getting Good at Being You, yesterday. Here she is talking about it. I am so proud of my book, Getting Good at Being You. It is all about my faith, my family, my journey, the ups and downs, hope and peace and setbacks and bouncing back. Chris Stapleton considered what his influence on country music would be. If anything, if there's an influence that I have on country music, maybe it's that everybody doesn't have to look one way or or sound one way or maybe if my influence is there's not one way to do something musically. You know, I think maybe that's a good influence to have. If I could have that influence, I think that would be positive. Mackenzie Porter recalled meeting Dustin Lynch for the first time when she was in the recording studio for their collaboration. I definitely was a little nervous. I mean, the first time I, like Dustin said, that I met him, I was cutting the version in the studio. I had done like kind of a, I guess like a mock version for you to hear, but like the first real time he came into the studio and that's how we met. I'm Morgan number two. That's your skinny. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. This little girl, Lorelai, entered the foster care system at age four, and she spent 1,445 days in foster care. Now wow. she's nine years old and has been adopted by her second grade teacher. Yay. <laughs> wow. Yeah, her teacher, so, huh? Yeah. Shout out to Zoe Henry. She's the teacher. She said the, mo- the moment that Lorelai stepped foot in her second grade classroom, she knew this girl can be my daughter. Uh, that's pretty good. I'm surprised Eddie didn't have that story. Usually Eddie <laughs> takes the adoption stories. Yeah, I never got a chance to get that one. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I, I guess I adopted, but I just didn't foster. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's true, Amy. That's Thank right. You. You've been overshadowed by Eddie's recent oh, adoption. Oh, man. Wow, Eddie. <laughs> Amy's adoptions have now been overshadowed. Guys, it's not a competition. But if everyone I wants know. to adopt, you can. Yeah, no. I know, not. I know. Just I'm yeah. just talking about just naturally, mm-hmm. I thought of Eddie. Yeah. Because your kids, to me, just seem like your kids because they've been your kids for so long. Mm-hmm, and not that adopted kids aren't your kids, but I just I don't even associate them to be adopted anymore. Yeah, you don't even hear their Haitian accents or their black skin. You just, it's like, <laughs> you're like... Amy, I don't. It's like when you have tattoos, you don't even see them on yourself anymore. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So we get two great things from here. I don't even reckon... Okay, whatever. whatever. Uh, Amy, good story. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. We're about to have Dixie D'Amelio on. Some of you may, some of you may not know who she is, but as far as TikTok goes, she's about as big as it gets. Her sister, younger sister, is one of the most followed people as well, like top two or three. So Charlie D'Amelio, her older sister, Dixie D'Amelio, they are, they're massive. If you go to anybody 25 and under and show them the picture, you they will know. They'll know. Who, yes. So I don't follow them because I don't follow young girls on, on TikTok, but <laughs> yeah. they're on my For You page all the time because they are so massive. So when they offered it, I said, hey, would you like to talk to Dixie D'Amelio? I was like, of course, because Caitlin and I had just started watching some of her show, their show. They have a whole show about their family, where they live. Um, they talk about mental health a lot and social media, where you just expect these girls who are teenagers and now I think Dixie's 21, Mike, is that right? 20? 20? You just expect they got so big so fast and now they're so rich that life would be easy. But it, it's it's a real gritty show. And it's like, and like they're crying and they're like, Comments are awful for them. Social media is awful for them at times. So we're going to have her on in just a second. Do you know who she is if I just say her name? No. and But now I want to watch that show on Hulu. Yeah. Uh, Dixie and, and Charlie. Charlie has 127 million followers. Oh, my gosh. Wow, that's a lot. What? Mm-hmm. 
Oh, they're masky. That's no, what I'm amazing, saying. But... It's like Selena Gomez type stuff. Wow. Yeah. But they got massive on TikTok as the uh, quarantine was happening. COVID was happening. All right. And I think she's on now, Ray? Yep. All right. Let's talk to Dixie D'Amelio. Uh, the Bobby Bones Show. On the phone right now, Dixie D'Amelio. Hey, Dixie, how are you? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Hey, pretty good. Hey, I want to start with saying I was watching uh, some of your show on Hulu. And mm-hmm. when I started watching it, I was like, okay, I wonder if this is going to be a Kardashian-esque like, TV show. But I will say that the, the mental health focus of this show, like you guys really did a great job. I think it is going to be so great for just young people on social media in general to see. So I hope you're proud of that show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I think the way the show came out, I'm so happy with it. I'm so happy mental health was the focus because, I mean, we say every day, like, what we want to do is just make people happy. And if sharing our story can help put a person on a path that they didn't see possible, then I'm extremely excited about it. For example, those that are new to Dixie, she has 55 million followers or probably more than that as I read this on TikTok. And so massive one of, if not the first big TikTok star period. And so, but what they show in the show, I think is so useful for young people because Dixie, I think you'll agree because you showed it yourself. Like even you as popular, as wildly famous as you are right now, like you have a bad day sometimes because of comments and social media. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've definitely grown a lot over these past couple months, but there's times where I would see a single comment and wouldn't leave my bed. And I know it. I'm always told something so simple as, oh, don't read them. But you always want to know what people are saying. And, but, and now I kind of use it as a way, how can I improve myself? But also, how do I take this comment and look at the other side and Kind of as long as someone, it's so cool that someone cares enough to talk about me. And that's how I try to look at things now. We also want to talk about Macy's Wishlist Wednesday, which is why Dixie is on. Because there are so many options at Macy's for the holidays. The one thing that I saw was the handheld massage gun, which I think is the perfect gift for somebody else or even yourself because everybody likes a massage. Yeah, I've gotten that as a gift and it's so good. And they also have hotel collection cashmere blend throw blankets that I have my eye on. There's also a Rover car with a camera. It looks like one of those things they drive on Mars that has the camera on it, but you can drive it around, has a little like a, a camera on top of it and record it. So there are so many options for you guys to check out. It is Macy's Wish List Wednesday. Hey, Dixie, is it? I was walking through the mall the other day. I think I was actually going to Macy's, and I, I passed a makeup store. Not sure which one it was, but I saw you and your sister's face, Bridges, fo- featured so uh, broadly in the makeup store. And <laughs> is it weird for you to now just see you out places randomly? I mean, your your rise to fame was so fast. I feel like it's a mix of being really excited and cool to see it, but then I get so embarrassed because what if someone sees me looking at myself and then (laughs) I literally, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so embarrassing. I can't do that. So I try to just like take a quick look and run away because it's so cool to see it myself, but I don't want people to think I go there all the time to look at myself. Who has been the coolest celebrity to reach out because of your TikTok and go, hey, uh, you know, why don't we collab? Uh, my family and I have had a lot of public conversations um, and meetings with J-Lo, and she's just been nothing but nice and supportive and just telling us to keep going and not worry about it. And hearing it from someone like her has um, 
made this whole thing kind of like, okay, it's okay we're feeling this way because she feels this way as well. I'm going to ask you one more question. By the way, Dixie D'Amelio is on. Uh, massively just famous everywhere now, but for me it was, you know, seeing on TikTok you and your sister both blowing up. And, you know, when you guys start to be a big deal on TikTok, do you feel it happening quickly or is it just something where you're like, wow, we got a bunch of followers today and then it just slowly builds? Or did you know that you guys were about to just be internationally famous? I had no idea what was going on. And I feel like the build was, it was a mix because... It kind of just didn't stop. I think we were all waiting for the point where the numbers stopped going. But, I mean, when you're sitting at home and just seeing numbers and you can't put a face to it because we were at home during quarantine, we were like, okay, so what does this mean? This makes absolutely no sense. And now that we're finally seeing people, we're like, oh, wait, these are real people who follow us and know us and <laughs> watch our show and that was the weirdest thing ever and i feel like um putting that connection has been the most surreal part dixie d'amelio you can check out the d'amelio show on hulu which i recommend and then also check out macy's.com slash wish list for all your gifting needs and once you make a wish list go to macy's.com slash believe to write a letter to santa because for every letter submitted to santa online macy's donates a dollar to the make a wish foundation which helps to grant wishes to kids who are fighting critical illnesses dixie congratulations on all of your success thank you for spending a few minutes with us of course thank you so much bye bye all right we're gonna play a christmas movie game now, I don't know anything about this game. Mike, can you explain this game to me that you put together? We'll play a quote from a famous Christmas movie. Just name the movie. So you're going to play the quote? Yes, you'll hear the quote. So this is a clip from the movie? Yep. Okay. Guys, write your answers down. We will play, and you can stay in the game until you miss one. Okay? Okay. I'm terrible at movies. I haven't seen many movies, so this may be a quick day for me. All right, here we go. Movie clip number one. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. I'm in. In. Everybody good? Yep. yep. All right. On the count of three, say it. One, two, three. Elf. Elf. Good. Nice. That is correct. Thank you, Mikey. All right. Number two. You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Merry Christmas. Ho, mm. ho, ho. I mean, I know what happens there, but I don't know what that's called. In for the win. Oh, yeah. I'm in. It's the Red Ryder BB gun one. Man. But what is that called? A Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, I knew I'd be terrible at this. Five. Is his name Ralph, Ralphie? Four. Maybe. Three. Hey. <laughs> hey. Two. I'll, I'll remember this. <laughs> one. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Is it a Christmas story? Yes. Oh, man, I got that right. Right as Amy's fictional clock was expiring. <laughs> Amy? A Christmas story. Uh, Eddie? A Christmas story, Bones. Watchbox? A Christmas story. All right, nice job. That is a Christmas story. Boy, I struggled there. All right, next. Guys, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. Newsies? What in the world is that? Get your paper here. All right, play that again. Guys, I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. You better come out and stop me. It's a great I'm just going context clues. Uh... Boy, I have no idea. Uh, how old is that, Eddie? Is that mm-hmm. when you were a kid? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. A- Amy, hit him with the fictional clock. 
five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. All right. Lunchbox, what do you have? Well, if he's out on the street, it's got to be a miracle on 34th Street. Ooh, I don't have that. That could be it. Is that no. right? No. That is not right. Okay. I, mean, I have no idea. I have. It just sounds black and white. Was that black and white? No. It's not? No. I have It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, my no. gosh. Oh. Yes. <laughs> That's crazy that you didn't get that. That's what I thought it was. Okay, Eddie. Do you I think barely you got the it? last right. one. I have it, too. Eddie and I can say it together. Go, go ahead. One, two, three. Home, Home Alone. alone. What? That's Macaulay Culkin. Bobby, that's what you get for not thinking Home Alone's a Christmas movie. That's why I didn't write it down, because it's not a Christmas movie. If you would have said a movie about a home being burglarized, it could have happened any time of the year. I'd have picked that one. Mm-hmm. All right, you guys, number three. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Yeah, that's number four. Sorry. In. Man, Amy's celebration ended pretty quick. She not so cocky right now, or no, what? No, she's a little bit, a little mouse right now, a little hiding under the table. A little church mouse? Quiet <laughs> I am church not. Mouse? Yeah. I just squeak, don't squeak. know. This one's hey, old, five, old. Four, so like Eddie, three, this is like two, two, one. All right. Eddie, Amy, what do you have? It's a Wonderful Life. Eddie? It's a Wonderful Life. <laughs> Why do we go through that whole song and dance if Amy knew it? I didn't. I just guessed. Okay, one more. God bless us. Everyone. Uh. <laughs> Sounds like the same movie. <laughs> it's not. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm in. Hey, hey, go with the Santa Claus, Amy. It sounds like Tim Allen. Like Maybe Tiny Home Alone Tim 2. or something. Oh, Home Alone 2, Lost yeah. in New York. <laughs> right, I'm in. I don't know. Guessing. Amy, what do you have? Miracle on 34th Street. Eddie? Bones, I have a Christmas carol. That's it. Ugh. Is that it? it is. Yeah. Of course. Carol. All right, Eddie, you won. Nice movie. job, buddy. 1939. Give me those old movies. I'll get them. All right, this is a voicemail we got last night from Kim in Delaware. Big listener, 10 years plus. Um, just wanted to say you're wrong this morning because you guys are a great show. Thank you for being there. We appreciate your authenticity. It's off the charts. It's real. You can't fake that. Keep it going. Uh, we really love you. Appreciate you. I listen about six days a week. Tell Caitlin and said hi. She's beautiful. And you two make a wonderful couple. And hey, congratulations on New Year's Eve. That's awesome. All right. Thank you. And I will tell Caitlin you say hello. And yeah. New Year's Eve, you guys be sure to watch on CBS if you don't mind. I'll be hosting it. I'm pretty pumped about that. All right. Well, that was a very kind voicemail. Here's Amy's pile of stories. So an Amazon driver saved Christmas for someone in California because he pushed the ring doorbell. He set the packages on the porch, but then he noticed a message on the welcome mat that said, hide packages from husband. So he picks up the package, backs up, tries to hide, but then the husband comes to the door and is like, oh shoot, what do I do? And here's a clip from the doorbell camera. Hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, how's it going? package? No, I don't. Oh. No, I'm just uh, here to tell you about the historic gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh. <laughs> That's what he went with. <laughs> and then the video cuts off after that. I mean, mission accomplished, but I mean, he, I don't know. I just thought, hey, quick thinking, super cool. He saved Christmas for that woman. 
That's really funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I probably would have said something like, Hey, I'm from Amazon and we're selling a new package where we'll deliver your packages for half, like some sort of bundle. Right. That's probably what I would have done. But he went right to the Lord. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else you got? Well, speaking of Christmas, it's the first week of December. So when, in your opinion, is it acceptable to start saying Merry Christmas? I would say the week of Christmas. Anytime before that feels weird. And obviously after that feels weird. So that that the 17th, probably 17th, 18th. Oh, Okay, Grinch. Man, I've already said it five times. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Most people do think that right now is too early, although a small percentage of people are starting to say it like Eddie. Absolutely. Um, But but most people say mid-December is the acceptable time, so December 15th. You called me a Grinch and I said the 17th. Well, you You said said the 15th. You said the week of Christmas, which is technically (laughs) like the 20th. (laughs) 15th. To 25 is literally 10 days. That's a week and what, okay. three days? Just take back the Grinch okay, comment. I, I take, take it back, <laughs> Amy. I take it back. Take it back. Okay. Take it back. Uh, so Carrie Underwood, she's a vegetarian, but she is willing to cook meat for her family come Christmas. I'll make a small turkey, even though I don't eat turkey. I'll make myself like some tofurkey. Cranberry sauce, of course. We do, of course, we potato casserole. You have to have that. That's one of my favorites because it's a side dish and a dessert, but I'll just make a ridiculous amount of food. And then speaking of food, something quickly I want to mention that Feeding America is doing with TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Home Goods is they're doing a snowball fight, but it's 100% virtual. So it's called the Snowball Fight Against Hunger, and it's on TikTok, again, with Feeding America. So for everyone who joins the Snowball Fight Against Hunger by using the effect on TikTok now through December 26th, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Home Goods, they're going to donate $1 to Feeding America up to $1 million to help families facing hunger. So I just thought that was something cool to mention. And you can join TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Home Goods in fighting hunger one snowball at a time. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Lunchbox. Tell me something good. The Polito family was on vacation when all of a sudden they get a little alert on their phone. Someone's approaching their front door on their doorbell cam. So they little zap in. Can I help you? And he's like, hey, man, I'm just out for a jog in the neighborhood. And I just want to let you know there's smoke coming from your garage. And they're like, uh, and they give him the code to go inside, get the two dogs, the rabbit and the cat out. And they're able to call 911. Fire department comes and puts it out, contains it to the garage, and said, 10 more minutes, the whole house would have been gone. Wow. They weren't even there. No, they were on vacation. The ring doorbell camera. They give him the code. He goes in, saves the animals, and when the fire department arrives, guess what he does? He goes back on his jog. So they don't even know who he is. You would never do that, would you? No way! Dude, you just <laughs> saved two dogs, a cat, a rabbit, and you did it all because of the doorbell cam. You should stay there. The news will be everywhere. Rewards will come flying, and everybody will be like, oh, let's get this guy a GoFundMe for being a hero, and you'd get a million dollars. And uh, That's your dream, huh? A GoFundMe for being a hero? That would be great, because you, you always <laughs> see that, like, oh, get this guy a GoFundMe. He should be rewarded for his honesty, and they raise all this money. It's. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why people don't do that for me, but yeah, the lady said, "Man, I just wish I could hug that guy right now." But they can't find him. They because can't because he, he went running off into the night. Oh, I heard that he ran off and no one ever saw him again. That he may, may be a ghost. Oh, that I didn't hear that, and that's part of the story. Maybe no, that's not different. true. <laughs> oh, that's not true. Okay, that's what it's all about. 
That was Tell Me Something Good. Hey, don't forget, on next week's show, we drew names for the Christmas gift exchange. Amy, do you remember who you're buying a gift for? Scuba Steve. That is correct. Now, you can take that gift that the person got you. Scuba could go, well, I'll take Amy's gift. Or you can take what's inside Bobby's mystery box, which I will have different mystery boxes with different gifts. And some of them will probably be better than the gift you're getting because there's a $50 limit. But some of them will definitely be worse. And every gift that doesn't get chosen, I get to take home with me. Hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, that's fair because you're providing all the mystery gifts too. That's true. Yeah. And one of the gifts, I'm just going to tell you right now, corn. Oh, great. Like on the cob? Mm Mm-hmm. Or can. Who knows? (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Corn. I promise you one of the gifts will be corn. Huh. So that's, uh, that's next week. That'll be next Friday's show. And don't forget, tomorrow and Friday, the St. Jude Radiothon will be happening. So a lot of... Awesome performances, raising money for a great cause. All right, let's go over to Amy and get in the morning corny. The morning corny. Why is Santa afraid of getting stuck in a chimney? Why is Santa afraid of getting stuck in a chimney? He has claustrophobia. All right. (laughs) That was the morning corny. I'm looking forward to Christmas. I think most people do, but I always didn't. If I'm, you know, speaking candidly here, I kind of hated Christmas. Never really had it as a kid. You know, it wasn't like family was a big part of my life growing up and we didn't have a lot of money for gifts. So there just wasn't that, you know, we'd get like one gift a year or the, uh, you know, a local church would come and bring us gifts, which was always pretty cool. And I didn't really understand time. Like, why is the church bringing me presents? I just thought I was a good kid. Honestly, I thought I was making good grades and every kid that made good grades got gifts from the church. I found out later that wasn't true, but I always was like, uh, I kind of want Christmas to be over with. That being said, I don't feel like that anymore. You know, I really look forward to Christmas and I look forward to spending it with, you know, my wife and her family. And there was a story that came out about which restaurants are open Christmas day. And in the past, I'd have filed this thing away because on Christmas day, I'd go pick up food somewhere or I would get dinner somewhere. But so this year, not really for me, but there are people out there that this is a pretty important list. I've been there, you know, many times in my life, but on Christmas day, I'm going to read you the quick list. Applebee's, Arby's, which by the way, how do Arby's stay open? Like in I've general, never seen people at Arby's. <laughs> oh. yeah. I know. I went like the first time in my life, like what last year? I love Arby's. I think Ar- I say, I love it. I don't go. But I guess I used to go, but I like Arby's, but I never see cars at Arby's. Buffalo Wild Wings, Denny's, Domino's Pizza, Roots Chris Steakhouse. Oh. You can go on Christmas Day. Hmm. I would be so annoyed if I had to work on Christmas Day, though, by the way. I used to have to work on the radio station on Christmas Day, which I didn't always hate. But people coming in before me and after me were always so sad about it because they wanted to be with their families. So I feel so if you go to Roots Chris or you go to a place on Christmas where you can tip, like peel off a little extra, you know, because that poor waiter probably does not want to be there. Uh, Starbucks and Waffle House. All those are places that you can go on Christmas day. If you're looking to get some food to either eat in or to, you know, go in and take home with you as well. So Amy, have you made your Christmas plans yet? 
no, no, not yet. We're still in talks. And I know it seems kind of crazy because it's coming up, but I could be in all talks. over. talks? Are you negotiating a deal? <laughs> yeah. Still in talks with family. Could be Colorado, could be Alabama, could be North Carolina. I mean, I don't know. We're just places where maybe we could just get in the car and, and go. What about you? Yeah. Well, for sure, Arkansas for a second. And then, you know, I'm just an Oklahoma at Christmas kind of guy, you know? That's right. Yes. <laughs> now you are. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's your first <laughs> yeah. married Christmas. Yes. Yes. Married. Yes. We spent Christmas there last Christmas with her parents at, at that house. But no, I mean, yes, it'd be my first married Christmas. Although I feel like, yeah. Yes. Yes. Because yes. last year you were engaged. This year you are married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, it's a but thing. Is that a thing? Yeah. You should make sure that you bring that up to Caitlin. Like, this is our first Christmas married. I think she knows. You already know this is our first married Christmas, right? She said, obviously, Yeah. Okay. I guess when I think about it, but I, that Christmas to me last year was like so substantial <laughs> that I felt like that was my first Christmas. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of like your audition you know, but, though. Yeah. Like, you know, now yeah. dude, oh, I, I was auditioning. Now yeah. you're part of the family. Psh, put your feet on the table, like try yeah, the food before in. it's served, all that. Put my feet on the table. Yeah, man. That's your house too now. Yeah. I don't think so. Okay. But I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Lunchbox claims he saw a celebrity in the wild. Where was it? Who was it? I was at Chipotle and I was eating some lunch and I'm sitting there eating and I'm looking. I'm like, man, that girl looks familiar. And she starts walking towards me and I was like, oh, man, that's Lauren Elena. She eats at Chipotle. (laughs) Okay. I mean, yes, it's cool to see someone out. But are you surprised she eats at Chipotle? Yeah. I mean, she's Lauren Elena. Like she has hits and like she has lots of money. And I didn't think she would be eating at Chipotle by herself. Like she didn't have friends around her. She didn't have an entourage. She just sat down and I sat behind her and I just took pictures and she took a phone call. She went outside and came back in and then her friend shows up and they were eating. And I was like, wow, Lauren Elena's eating right there. And then she goes to refill her drink. And she drops her drink and spills it all over the floor. Wow. <laughs> all over the floor. And the poor worker had to come out with the mop bucket oh. and mop up her big old mess. The worst. Did you get any pictures of that, though? I didn't get pictures of that because, I mean, then she was kind of looking towards me and I didn't want to be the creep with the camera. And I didn't say anything. You were, though. I just took pictures of her. That way you, you guys didn't believe- want to be the creep with the camera. You were the creep with the camera. <laughs> well, I know, but I didn't want her to see me with the creep with the camera because her angle was she could have seen me holding up my phone, taking a picture. And, oh, man, she kept saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize about the spill and was real nice. And But, yeah. First, she was alone. Then a girlfriend showed up, and they ate their Chipotle like champs. So what was the most surprising part of this whole story to you, Lunchbox? Uh, that someone that rich eats at Chipotle, and that they can't, and that she has butterfingers, can't hold on to the cup. I love Lauren, but I don't think she's that rich. But even if she was, really rich people eat at Chipotle. Uh, sure. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> Everyone yeah, that's does. True too. I mean, she, she listen. I guess Bobby. I'm most surprised by the fact that she was by herself. Well, that, too. And that's what I was wondering if, like, the friend was, like, standing her up, was running late, and Lauren Lane was just hungry and was like, you know what, I'm going to eat without you. But the phone call came in the middle of her meal, and then she kind of waited, and her friend showed up, like, three or four minutes later. And they enjoyed their meal together. Why didn't you say hi? I mean, it, it was cool. Like, I was just like, I, I wanted to stay in the background. I didn't want to interrupt her. Maybe she was having a bad day. Maybe she wanted to be alone. That's why I didn't know. Like, she was by herself. So I was like, man, she didn't have friends that want to come eat with her. Like, is she what? in a bad mood? Can I say something? 
Yes, Lunch, please. This is coming from the guy who I'm almost embarrassed to be around him if we're somewhere where there's a bunch of famous people because he has his phone out and he's like screaming their name, trying to get them to turn around, like saying what up to them, doing all the things. Like what? I don't understand why he behaved. I'm this. surprised he didn't try to interview her. Hey, yeah. how much you think this extra guac should cost? <laughs> I didn't yeah. even think about that. And I should have interviewed her what she has on her meal. I didn't even think about that. Like, I really was just creeping in the corner with my phone, just taking a couple of pictures, and I got them all from the back. <laughs> well, what? Okay, well, that sounds creepy when you well, say no, that. Well, no, no, I meant, I meant uh, so she wouldn't see me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you going to do with those pictures? I'll, I'll put them out. I was going to sell them to people, but I don't think I'm going to get very much money, so I'll just put them on Twitter. Amy, anything else you want to say about this? No, I'm just shocked he like tried to be all secretive about it because his norm is to make a scene and be ridiculous. <laughs> I'm shocked he didn't say hello because right. yeah, she's, she's been on this show many times. Mm-hmm. She's been out with me on the road a decent amount. It's not like we don't have any sort of personal relationship with her. So that's weird too. Because you just want her to eat her food in peace? Yeah, I want to, you always say when people are eating, don't bother them. So she was at a restaurant, so I, I didn't know if I should bother her. And so I just, hey, left her alone. Uh, well, thank you for the story. Eddie, anything to add? Well, I'm just shocked at the whole thing, honestly. Like, the fact that he got all these pictures, didn't get the best picture of the spilled drink, that's crazy to me. Yeah, you could probably get some money for that one, Lunchbox. <sighs> Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. If you'd have been recording that, yeah, video. like the video, yeah. you'd have probably got some money. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah. All right. Thank you, Lunchbox. You're welcome. It's time for the good news. With Bobby. Tell me something good. Uh, St. Louis man is being praised for helping to save his neighbors from an apartment fire. His name is Arnez Merriweather. He was asleep when his sister banged on his door to say, hey, the building next door is on fire. So he's 30 years old. He's a mattress salesman. He ran straight over the building to see if he could help. He says the building's hallway was full of black smoke, which kept him from entering. So he started yelling from outside to try to alert the building's occupants. A woman opened the second story window and was like, wait, what's happening here? So he's like, you got to come out. Well, she had a three-year-old and she's on the second story. And he's like, just drop the kid. And so she did. She dropped it and Arnez caught the kid. The woman then crawled out the window and him, and since she's bigger, him and another person helped break her fall. They couldn't quite catch her, but they like kind of caught her. But the kid's safe, the woman's safe, the firefighters got there, and they got everybody evacuated in time. So we also should shout out his sister who woke him up telling the building was on fire. But Arnez caught a kid, man. That's awesome. Crazy. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. All right, here are your top three songs in country music. At number three, Zach Brown Band, Same Boat. We're all in the same boat. Number two, Dustin Lynch and Mackenzie Porter, Thinking About You. I was just thinking about that weekend out of Cumberland Lake and now I'm timing back news will be made out in the rain. And the number one, one of my favorite Kenny Chesney songs now, it's Knowing You. And knowing you, you're probably way over me. That is Kenny Chesney's 34th number one song. Crazy. Dang, how old's Kenny? Is he, fi- is he 50? 52? Amy, guess how old Kenny Chesney is. Uh-oh. Ah, uh, 49. Just guess. Four- oh, I don't think he's in his 40s. He's got to be in his 50s. Eddie, what do you think? Yeah, I think you nailed it. Around 51. I'm going to go 52. Hey, Mike? He's 53 years old. Oh, oh wow. we all went under. Yeah, good for Kenny. Tricking us all. 
Uh, the number one pop song is from Adele. Easy on me. That's a good one. All right, let's do the news. Bobby's Big Stories. Eddie, you know who Salt Bay is? Yeah, of course. He's the dude that has salt on his hand, and he puts it on his elbow, and it falls on steaks or whatever. Yeah, he's got, like, long hair. <laughs> yeah. He's like the meme. And sunglasses. Yeah. Well, so he has a steakhouse, and you can get a, a gold-gilded tomahawk steak for $1,900. Wow. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> that is cr- No, not let's do it. That sounds t- What a waste of money. It's such a waste. So that might make you wonder what the flavor or texture or nutritional value or like, why are you spending that much money? And really for no reason, Salt Bay says the gold doesn't improve the taste or the quality. So you're basically just paying for the honor or the flex of eating gold covered beef. Wow. That's from LAD Bible. Now, Bones, but can, you, can I ask you a question about Salt Bay? Sure. Like, who 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 does he cut the meat for? Do you have to be, like, someone special or, like, are you celebrity only? I don't understand who he decides to come out for and cut the meat. I believe if you pay for the Salt Bay experience and he's at the <laughs> restaurant at the time. I'm serious, right? That's like, crazy. Right. If you pay for that experience, he comes out, cuts it, and then does the... The sprinkle. I guess it's like at Applebee's where they sing happy birthday, right? Same comparison. Well, except for you don't have to pay for that. That's true. Well, you have to pay for a meal. But yes, yes, it's a different class. Or I guess you're just kind of an idiot, right? If that's the case, (laughs) if you're paying for that. (laughs) Totally. Although Lunchbox looks like he would love to do it. Man, I'm telling you, guys, we should do that. We should go and get this $1,900, and then we get a picture, and we make the news like, oh, my gosh, someone actually bought the $1,900 steak. We would be famous. Nobody would care. We would not be famous. If it only costs $1,900 to be famous, you'd see a lot of people putting it on the credit card for sure. Uh, I do want to say this. I saw this. This was not given to me by Amy, but I saw this on All Access, a publication that talks about radio. It says a new podcast from Bobby Bone Show co-host Amy Brown aims to help listeners deal with grief and the times when life go wrong. Hereafter with Megan Devine is a weekly show for the Amy Brown Podcast Network, hosted by the author, psychotherapist, and grief advocate. Look at you. What's this show about, Amy? Oh, well, Megan Devine's amazing, and she's been a big help in a lot of the the grieving that I have done this year. And, well, a lot of people have been through a lot, especially the last a few years. But she's someone that, she, yeah, she's a psychotherapist. She's an expert. She has gone through, um, she lost um, someone very, very special to her tragically. And so it just a lot, it gave her the gift of really helping people navigate grief. And she wants to help others through it, including the helpers. Her podcast is for everyone, but also like if you happen to work in healthcare or you're a therapist yourself, like who helps you? So she's sort of speaking to those people as well. So they have a resource to navigate the grief in a healthy way. Is this podcast already existing? Yeah, it's up. Yeah. Hereafter with Megan Devine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm the person that helps everybody, Amy. I think people that are struggling come here and listen to me. Oh, well, <laughs> so they you're, might. You're taking, away, you're taking away the audience. <laughs> well, she speaks to it in a different way, but that's so nice. Thanks for bringing that up. Well, I just saw it yesterday. I didn't even know about it. Amy's making big moves. Listen, when it comes to people that's like forging out their own identity, like aside from underneath the Bobby Bunch umbrella, like I got to give it to you, Amy. You've been doing a great job. Oh, well, thank you. I'm like, I've, you're the one that it, when I do hang it up, I don't have to worry about you. I was talking to Mike oh. about this yesterday. I was like, Amy's the one. She's already covered. She's good. I don't have to worry about her. All yeah. good. What about me? Oh, he's worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, go ahead. Well, 
Well, no, but I mean, if you hang it up, like, yes, if you hang it up, like, I can move on to other things. But if you hang it up, you would slate one of these guys to replace you, right? I don't think the show exists in this capacity oh. anymore. I think if it does, I'm sure it's you, but I don't think this happened. I'm not hanging it up, but oh. I'm saying I don't think they just go give it to somebody else on the show. Oh, I thought it was Ray. I, I used to think that too, but I don't anymore. <laughs> Ray! I don't anymore. Ray, I don't anymore. Ray, Ray. <laughs> All right. Uh. Uh, okay. Hey, who's the craziest person in your family? That's the question. A majority of people say it's their blank. Amy? Gosh, is it me? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I'm like, my family is really not that crazy. They, It might be me. Um, no, no, no. Listen, uh, it's their blank. Like what family member? Yeah, it's easy. Okay. Go ahead. Mother-in-law. But yeah, mm, that's no. not easy for me. My mother-in-law is the sanest person I know. I guess if I can't pick myself, then I don't know my my sister <laughs> eddie i mean my dad's the craziest to me like he's always nuts but he's tamed down now because he's older but back in the day he was crazy pranks galore a majority of people say it's their uncle the uncle is the wild and crazy one of the family mm. and is often trouble or talked about after holiday gatherings mm. yeah anybody have a crazy uncle yeah i, ha- I had yeah, one i guess he's- my uncle joe but you had one yeah oh, he's is not it tragic he's is not it- with us anymore but man, he's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Mine neither. <laughs> hey, Amy. Hey, Eddie, you need to go listen to Amy's new podcast. <laughs> I know. Oh, no. Those were Bobby's Big Stories. Amy, have you seen Santa at the mall yet? No, I haven't. Is he there? Yeah, I think he is. Oh, I know he is because Lunchbox went to see him. But I've been out of the country for so long, and thank God I get to come back soon. But we saw them setting up the Santa display, and we haven't seen Santa yet. So one of the things I'm looking forward to most is going through the mall. And I always thought, I thought it'd be fun for Kayla and I to get a picture with Santa. But then we've, I think we just feel stupid waiting in line when all the kids want to meet Santa too. But probably not as stupid as what Lunchbox felt like because here we go. Lunchbox went to the mall, right? I went to the mall. I got in line. There's families there with their kids. You know, everybody's all excited. And I'm just standing there. And I'm just waiting in line. I had to wait about 35 minutes, and I even had one uh, father ask me, excuse me, are you in line? I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. (laughs) And I was like, they're like, oh, where are your kids? like, not just me. And he was like, okay. So are they side-eyeing you the whole time because that is weird? Definitely side-eyeing. I felt like they, I mean, I felt like people were just kept looking at me like, is he really waiting in line to see Santa? Is he really waiting in line to see Santa? And I was really waiting. I got up to the front of the line, and I told him, look, I don't want to buy any packages. I just want to sit on the big man's lap. Oh, so that's how they make money. You have to buy, like, a, a picture package? <laughs> yes, and the cheapest and wh- is not. Yeah, it's expensive. And what did they say when you said you didn't want to buy a package? You, an adult man, 40 years old, wanted to sit on his lap. They said, okay, come on up. And I guess they can't discriminate, right? Yeah, they can't say no. I mean, it's just Santa. I'm going to see Santa and tell him what's on my wish list. And what did Santa, what, what, what did his eyes tell you when you're walking toward him? He was, I think he was looking around me to see, <laughs> oh, are the kids right behind him? And as I approached and he saw no kids, he was like, are we really doing this? Like he had that look like, is this a serious thing? And, I, and then he kind of patted it and I was like, yeah. And I climbed up on his lap. Oh, he patted his <laughs> knee once he realized you weren't kidding? <laughs> yep, up. that's what he does. Like, come on. You know, I guess he does that with the kids, so I guess it's a natural reaction. But he patted, and I climbed up on his lap. So let's get in the weeds for a second here, because you don't sit down with a full microphone. You're secretly recording him, right? Yeah, I just have my phone. 
So you just hit the little voice memo button and record this. Yes. All right, here is Lunchbox sitting on Santa's lap. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas, Santa. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> All right, I gotta confess right off the bat. Right, what you got? I've been a little naughty this year. Uh-oh. But just with my wife, okay? okay. That's it. Uh-oh. So don't hold that against me. <laughs> now, I got a couple things on my wish list, Santa. You bring me lottery tickets every year, but they're always losers. Oh, my goodness. We'll, we'll see what we can do about that. So Santa Santa, I need to hit it big. I need to hit millions of dollars this year. I need a big lottery ticket. I, I hit five dollars this week. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, I want millions so I can retire. I understand. Okay. And then number two is Tina Turner. When you go down her chimney, if you can leave her a note letting her know that I'm a good guy because I've been dreaming about meeting her. She's my favorite artist of all time. Okay. And then our last one. I got one person on the naughty list. Abby, who I work with, uh-huh. she is a liar. She lies. <laughs> And lot you can't trust her, Santa. So I need you to bring her a bag of coal, and that is it. I'll do what I can. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, Santa. Thank you. Um, All right. I heard a couple things there. Okay. One, I heard Santa just wanting Lunchbox to go away. <laughs> Two, I did hear Santa bro out with Lunchbox a little bit and go, "Hey, man, I won five bucks the other day," <laughs> <laughs> which I thought I think is pretty funny. Uh, so what happened when you left? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, he, I, I felt like he was just like, he asked the girls, he's like, that was interesting or something like that. Some along those lines. And they just kind of laughed and went on our merry way. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Then the next group came up with some kids. In the next couple of shows, we have Lunchbox going Christmas caroling already. Oh gosh. Okay. So he sits on Santa's lap and we'll have him Christmas caroling coming up. Uh, not tomorrow or the next day because it's St. Jude Radiothon, but probably Monday I will let you guys hear Lunchbox. He's already done it. So that if that early he did this and how awkward that's <laughs> going to be too. But Lunchbox going Christmas caroling will happen as well. So nice job, Lunchbox. Thanks. D- did anyone else think that Santa sounded like Scotty McCreary or Trace Adkins? <laughs> Josh Turner. <laughs> it's Josh Turner. <laughs> Moonlighting. Yes. So every weekend, I produce a show and Amy hosts a show called Women of I Heart Country. And it's an hour of female country artists. And... This past weekend, Tennille Arts was Amy's guest. You'd know her song that went number one called Somebody Like That. Here's a clip. So she came in and gave the story about how she wrote that song after a breakup with a guy she had been with for nine years. It was a great interview and performance. So I want to encourage you guys to check and see when this show plays wherever you live. But here's Amy with Tennille Arts and then a performance. Here you go, Bobby Bone Show. Let's go, girls. Play it loud. Give it up for women Come on. of iHeart Country with Amy Brown. In studio now with Tennille Arts, and she's got her guitar with her. Okay, so you wrote somebody like that with two other women, Allison Cruz and the track's producer, Alex Klein. Where did the inspiration for the story come from in the song? Well, I had just gone through, like, the biggest breakup of my life. I had been with this guy for, like, nine years. It was kind of crazy. Like, from the time I was, like, 15 years old. So it was a... Like my first like real breakup and 
I had written so many songs about it. I was tired of writing breakup songs. And I also feel like just throughout that process, it was so therapeutic that I got to the point where I was like, I'm ready to look for something new. And I just sat down with Alex and Allison and we were just talking about that and and talking about, you know, what are some great relationships that we can look up to that would be the ideal guy, you know, the ideal situation. And, you know, we talked about our parents, our grandparents, just great couples around us. Like Allison had just gotten married and I was like, just tell me everything. Like, I want to know what I should be looking for. We went into this song talking about, you know, just all the different ways that you can meet somebody and the different ways that it can end. But if it's something really special, you have to fight for it and make it worth it. And if you do that, it's going to last forever. And I've seen that happen. My grandparents were married for like 65 years. So um, I know that that's real and that's what I wanted. And that's what I was looking for. Now, this just popped in my head about the guy you wrote it about who you were with for nine years. And you have this song on country radio going number one. Is he aware of this situation? That um, it's about him or he inspired it a little bit? At least the breakup part? I mean, maybe the breakup part. He, he might know that, but I feel like it's... It's more about, you know, the future guy. And I actually did end up meeting somebody like two months after I wrote this song. So I feel like I kind of manifested <laughs> the, the person I was looking for. <laughs> Love that. So when was the first time you got to play it for an audience after it went number one? It was actually here in Nashville, um, you know, whiskey jam, fun time. And I had you know, never really played the song other than before the pandemic. When it went number one, this was my first time playing it out. And I got super emotional on stage because everybody was singing along and I had never, ever experienced that before in my life. And that it's like a dream come true as an artist to be able to like point the microphone out at the crowd and be like, sing along and they know every word. Um, And it was really special. That was like something that I feel like I've dreamed about my entire life. Well, I'm going to have you play it now so people can sing along in their cars if they're listening right now or at home if they're streaming us or whatever. So let's let's play it. Here's Tennille Arts performing her number one song, Somebody Like That, on Women of iHeartCountry. I've seen pickup lines and dive bar strangers slow dance. I've seen happy hour two for once turn to one night stands. I've seen neon rebounds and late night junk dials. I've seen that Cinderella fairy tale go up in cigarette smoke. I've seen two hearts bet it all and still end up broke. The real thing won't be easy. Yeah, it might take a while. But I want that all in falling. Keep the fire burning like the first time. Feeling no matter what, if I'm gonna love, I'm gonna love. This story comes to us from Des Moines, Iowa. The fire department gets a call at 3.30 a.m. Hurry, hurry, my apartment's on fire. They come, the apartment's fully engulfed in flames. They put it out, and they say, what happened? He goes, man, I saw a spider on my futon. I tried to light it on fire. Mm. 
I, I even bet that's hard to light a spider on fire. Yeah. Well, it's dumb, but I bet it's also hard to do. Because it moves. Right. Like, I think you'd have a better <laughs> shot, like, taking a book and slamming it. Or your shoe or yeah. a paper towel. Piece of, yeah, so. Like, not it. the best idea, but also hard to execute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lighter, I mean, because you're trying to hold it and that flame comes Burn up and burns your, your finger. Oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> it hurts you more than hurts a spider when you catch something on fire. Yeah. All right. On Lunchbox, that's your bonehead story of the day. All right, here's the voicemail we got last night. We love listening to the Bobby Bones show, but nobody likes it better than our three-year-old. Take it away, Remy. You know what? That's who we make our music for right there. You've heard the Raging Idiots target demo right there. Uh, here's one more voicemail. Hey, good morning, studio. Hey, Bobby. I've uh, been a long-time listener, about 16 years now, actually, from back in the day when there was um, Pickle Man was around. But uh, anyhow, I uh, heard you had a drone available, maybe, and I was wanting to see if you would maybe want to give that to my son for Christmas. I'd love to get it to him. Um, if not, no worries. Um, I'm a garbage man, so I could probably find something else for him uh, here or there. Okay, i tell you what. I don't know where that drone is, but I will. when I get home... And I'll get home next week. I will look for it. And if I find it, I will make sure you get it. Scuba, can you keep this guy's number? Yeah, I got a handy ready to go. But, okay. okay. Can we, go can, ahead, Amy. Can we just say, even if you don't find it, either way, we'll get this guy a drone or you, you will or we will, whatever. I don't want to volunteer you for it, but you should. Well, that's what you just did. So, okay, <laughs> sir, I guess I'm buying you a drone regardless. <laughs> yeah. Well, crap. What is? Yeah, because if you can't find it, you should still get him a drone. Okay, thank you for spending my money or, or taking that away from me that I would do that because I would have probably done that too. But now I'm out money and I look like a jerk. No, you don't. You just, I just was throwing it out there. You were going to give. He was going to do it anyway. No, Bobby, you're about to re-gift the drone I gave you. Oh, that's why you're all butthurt, huh? <laughs> well, I mean. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, yes, we'll get on it. We'll make sure. You, how, how expensive are they? Mike, how expensive for drones? Two hundred, three hundred bucks. Well, Amy, gosh, yeah. dang it! <laughs> that specific one is they range. There's all kind. They range anywhere from. We could find one for forty, fifty, especially for a kid. You don't need to be spending that much. Don't be a cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happening right now? Okay, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, sir. Thank you, Amy. We'll see you guys tomorrow. St. Jude Radiothon. Hope you guys can be a partner in hope and be a part of that show. It'll be a great show tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Uh, The Bobby Bones Show.